Hey, how's it going, guys? And welcome to episode 13 of the Bowling Point Podcast. My name is Jonathan, and unfortunately today, we are without my co-host, DJ John Doe. Uh, he is extremely busy, and uh, by busy, I mean uh, he's in trouble with the INS again, and he has several baby mamas claiming child support. So, on to the NBA. Uh, the finals ended last week. Um, there isn't much more to be said about that uh, that hasn't been said already. You know, we didn't do a show last week, but, you know, the previous week, you know, we all pretty much said that the Warriors got us in the bag even before the, the series started. You know, we said this is uh, a series that we felt that the Warriors would, would win easily, really, and that's, that's what they ended up doing. So, uh, pretty much... Moral of the story, the Cavs are the second best team in the league, and they're nowhere near the Warriors level. And that just shows how much of a rift there is in talent in the NBA. But that could all change this offseason. First, we start off with the Cleveland Cavaliers in the news. They fired their GM, David Griffin, which is fairly odd due to the fact that you're in discussions with the Bulls and the Pacers to acquire Paul George and um, Jimmy Butler, but you just fire your GM. And this really doesn't make sense to me, This the move they make. The only way this move makes sense is David Griffin was pushing. Uh, this, is, this is all rumors and things that, that has been said is David Griffin pretty much was, was pushing for the, the Jimmy Butler deal. And the only way to get the Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler still has multiple years left on his contract. And the only way to get that deal done is if they trade away Kevin Love and if they trade away pretty much all their assets. And you can find a 13. Dan Gilbert does not want that. Due to the fact that Dan Gilbert, possibly you don't know, I think that he may speculate that LeBron might be gone after the season. So he don't want to give up all his assets and give Kevin Love. You get Jimmy Butler and only one year LeBron, and LeBron leaves, and then you're stuck with Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving. That's one possibility. Or another is maybe Dan Gilbert just doesn't want to deal with that another big contract in his hands. Maybe he felt like I'm 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 deep in this luxury tax already. I'm there's a lot of money coming out of my pocket. I can't af- I can't afford to add another superstar. Let's just keep it as it is. But m- me personally, I think that Dan Gilbert has a strong feeling that LeBron is out. He 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 has to because this deal, and especially if LeBron uh, tweeted that he you know he's he's really disappointed in, in what happened that David Griffin is gone. When whenever you're owner of a team, your your priority when. Scratch that. Whenever you're the owner of LeBron's team, your priority is to make sure LeBron is happy. Make sure everything's good with LeBron. Because once LeBron leaves your team, you go from contender to pretender. You're not you're not making the finals without LeBron on your team. You go back to losing. And Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love, before LeBron James, they were they were losers. All they did was lose. Yeah, they put up great numbers. Yeah, they made all star teams, but they were still losers. They didn't they didn't win anything. They didn't even make the make the playoffs. And they weren't even like a, a ninth or tenth seed. Well, maybe Kevin Love was but not Kyrie. And the Cavaliers, what you got to do in order to keep LeBron and to keep these rumors at bay, you have to do everything in your power to keep LeBron happy. And if you're firing the GM, who LeBron is a huge supporter of, and you're doing it because you don't want to go after Jimmy Butler because it's going to cost you too much, then that means that you're getting ready to part ways with LeBron James. And if that's the case, you might as well just go to him straight up like, hey, LeBron, can you waive no, your no trade clause so we could just trade you since we know you're going to be out by the end of the season? You might, you might as well do that. If you're making moves, that's going to upset your franchise player and pretty much your savior. 
And the only reason why your franchise is relevant. Because when he was with the Cavs, they were relevant. He leaves the Cavs, goes to Miami, they're not relevant anymore. He's back to the Cavs, they're relevant again. You're making a lot of money. LeBron James Cavaliers jerseys are being sold out. Your fans are attending the games. You're getting a lot of TV money. The fans are watching the game when they're at home. And you mean to tell me that he's asked for too much? That you're going to fire a GM that he's in alliance with and who he feels sees eye to eye with him in terms of win now mentality? It just it's it's just something that really doesn't make sense to me. And another thing that's that's funny is LeBron James. I've never heard him say Dan Gilbert's name. I don't know if you guys heard the the uninterrupted interview he did, and he talked about Dan Gilbert's letter and how his wife and his mother were uh, didn't want him to to go back to Cleveland. They wanted to stay in Miami. When he said he didn't say Dan Gilbert, he says and the and uh, the owner of the team at the time. The owner, he just because the owner of the team, the owner of the team, he would not say Dan Gilbert's name. So obviously, there's still bad blood between LeBron and Dan Gilbert. You know, he pretty much said, "I went back to Cleveland for the fans. I didn't go back for him. I went to to Cleveland to restore hope. You know, in in the, in the fan base in a, a struggling city, uh, a struggling sports city, really. And I went I went back for that. I didn't go back for Dan Gilbert. And he's won that championship for the sports town." What do you say mission accomplished and LeBron's going to be out the door? Now, the Cavs job, like I said, this already. You, you got to keep LeBron happy. You got to make the moves necessary because you're not beating Golden State with the same roster. No way in hell. And and in terms of the trades they're making, I don't see how these other teams would agree to the trade if you don't throw in a Kevin Love in there. Because if you're the Bulls and the Pacers, why would you trade Paul George and Jim Butler away for – Iman Shumpert, J.R. Smith, and a bunch of late first-round picks. That makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. Well, you could possibly send to a team that's a younger team that's uh, willing to give up assets and willing to give up draft picks that are actually help your franchise in the long run and also help you guys rebuild. And while we're on the Paul George and Jimmy Butler uh, topic, you know, guys who are they're on the, they're on the trading market, Paul George, understandably, because he pretty much told the, the Pacers, hey, I'm I'm out after next year, uh, and just so you guys know, I, I want to play for the Lakers. And once he tells them he's out, the, the Pacers have to have to trade him. Now, what sucks for the Pacers is that you have absolutely no leverage in any negotiations because you either trade him for an unfair trade and uh, you don't get back what you want, or you keep him for the rest of the season, knowing that he's not going to resign with your team and you're going to lose for nothing. So if you're in the Pacers' shoes. You're you're in a sticky situation. You you you've got to find some way to get uh some value that's close to equal. I mean, there's no such thing as equal value to a superstar, but you know something that's close to equal. Maybe get you know a, a young multiple young players and multiple first round picks, early first round picks preferably. But a lot of these teams are valuing their first round picks more, especially young teams, and they're not gonna throw it after a one year rental. Who he might end up going to L.A. anyway. And Mac Johnson pretty much said. He has not traded Brandon Ingram away, and he's not traded that number two pick. So that's pretty much throw the Pacers out of the conversation because the Pacers want that number two pick, and they want Brandon Ingram. And um, also, why trade for a guy who says he's going to sign for your team the next year? You don't want to be the Knicks. Give away all your, <laughs> give away all your assets. You know they give away a young star in Gallinari, Wilson Chandler, um, 
Felton. And when Felton was playing great with Amari in that pick and roll, you trade away all those guys for Carmelo Anthony, and you ended up, sta- uh, you know, just pretty much putting putting your your bench, flushing your bench down the toilet. After Carmelo and Amari, you had no one in your starting lineup. At one point, Jerry Jeffries was the starting center. So the the Lakers don't want to have to go through that. So they're I think what they're doing is smart. They're doing it the the right way. If you want to join us with another year, because we don't want to give up all because the, the purpose of signing Paul of getting Paul George is for you to win. How are you going to win if you have Paul George and all your assets are gone? It's going to be another New York Knicks. And the next thing you know, when, Le- when Paul George is 33, 34, people are going to talk about him having no rings and how he's uh, underachieved just because he has no rings. So, you know, that's why um, the Paul George to the Lakers in that terms of that trade, I don't see it happening. Jimmy Butler, I'm not sure why the Bulls want to get rid of him now, uh, to be honest with you. They have multiple years on his contract. I understand that you feel you don't have the right pieces in your team and they don't fit well. But then again, why'd you give D Wade uh, a two year deal with a player option? Why would you sign Ronda? Why would you sign all these guys who can't shoot and just get a bunch of misfits and put them in a team? I don't know how you expect to be successful like that. You have a coach who can't even handle the players. I don't I don't even know if he can handle a, a college locker room. He he seems more like a high school coach to me, to be honest with you. And that's the problem when you're a nice guy. You know, these 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 players, they're 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 grown men, but they're divas. You gotta be able to handle them. And once your players don't respect you, you just, that's it. The, the locker room just tunes you out. Nothing you say is gonna make sense. At one point, Jimmy Butler some subbed himself out, out uh, a game this season, which is unheard of. You you would never see that that happen to Pop. You would never see that happen to Rick Carlisle. You would never see that happen to Coach Spo. So you know that's that's another issue they have with is with their head coach with the Bulls. But yeah, the Jimmy Butler why they trying to get rid of him now? Not not really sure. Um, if that makes sense to get rid of him now, and also even more so to get rid of him to the Cavs. I know apparently Jimmy Butler is pushing for them to trade him to the Cavs. But if you're if you're the Bulls, what are you gonna get back from the Cavs? If if Kevin Love is not at the beginning of the conversation, I'm not even talking to the Cavs. Like you 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 gotta give me give me something. You Kevin Love has has Kevin Love has to be included in this trade for it to happen. If Kevin Love ends up not being included in the trade, and they they manage to get Jimmy Butler, then the the Cavs pull some voodoo on, on on the Bulls or something because that makes absolutely no no type of sense why they would make that that trade. And uh, in terms of trade rumors, this just surfaced today actually, today being Tuesday. Porzingis apparently the Knicks are shopping him and they're serious about shopping him. Now in terms of all the things I read, teams are interested. They're calling bottom, but the the Knicks are they're asking prices apparently extremely high, like high in the sense they want multiple first round picks, high first round picks. Um, I think they want like three of three of them. Yeah, three like main three first round picks and also a couple of young players as well who's already drafted. One team that's already interested in Porzingis is the Celtics. The Celtics is a team that has a bunch of assets. Who you're just you're just waiting for Danny H. Cashin. I don't know how I know Boston is a is a, a city with passionate fans. I don't know how much long they're gonna wait for for Danny H. to cash in, but they have a ton of ton of picks. They have their own picks. They have the Nets picks, and now they got the 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 Kings, and they also have the Lakers picks. Um, from uh from that trade that they did with with the 76ers. If you guys don't know, um, the 76ers and the, the Celtics swamp picks. So now the 76ers is picking number one overall. Most likely going to draft Fultz, and the Lakers are picking number three overall. What makes this good for the Lakers? Uh, for, I'm sorry, for the Celtics is that they get the the Lakers pick, plus they get the Kings pick. So it's 
they're 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 racking up on the draft picks. You you got you gotta cash them in somehow, some way, because number one, all these picks aren't guaranteed to, to be superstars. And racking up racking up draft picks, I don't see how that, that makes you beat Cleveland and get to the finals. I don't see how that's gonna get you to to to, to, to beat a, a golden state. You know, you have a team of young players. You got to go for it after this draft. I, I think I think that they should keep their their pick this year. But you know, after next year, you you, you got to get rid of those draft picks. You're just racking up draft picks for no reason. Speaking of draft picks, NBA draft is this Thursday at 7 p.m. Coverage starts. Me personally, I'm very very excited for the NBA draft. Um, it's in all major sports. It's, it's my favorite draft. One is only two rounds, and uh, and two I, I in terms of college sports I watch college basketball the most, so I'm familiar with majority of the players. I watch college football a lot, but there's a lot of plays I still haven't heard of because it's just so many plays for college football. But being you know, a basketball, you know, college college teams for team man rosters is easy to know who's who. It's easy to catch you know games on ESPN and all that stuff. It's easy to see to see. Uh, players and know their names and their faces before they get drafted you know you're familiar with them you know the top three picks are projected to be either uh Fultz, ball and jackson now there's some speculation that maybe it may not be jackson who the celtics won maybe it might be jason tatum i'm assuming it's josh jackson tatum is more of an isolation player i i feel like jackson is a guy who could do it all and has a higher ceiling than tatum so i see that being a better fit for the celtics and also you have Josh Jackson, who he instantly comes in. He's a, a really good defender. He's instantly extremely athletic. And that's perfect for the Brad Stevens system that's a run-and-gun team. Now you have a guy like Josh Jackson running on the fast break who's always going to be coming to the lane. That opens things up for you. You know, you have more shooters open. So that that makes more sense to Jackson to the Celtics. Even though Jason Tatum is a good player, but he's more of, more of an ISO guy, an ISO Joe, if you may. Um, and... Folds to the 76ers, that, that just seems like a perfect fit, to be honest with you. He's got to stretch the floor. I see why the 76ers made that trade, because if you didn't make that trade, in terms of point guards, you probably would have to draft De'Aaron Fox. And De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox is not a great shooter. He's a streaky shooter. He's improving, but he's not a good shooter. And you already have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. They're not shooting. Those are your your core guys. You have to have at least one of your core guys who can shoot, and that's Marco Fultz. He can shoot and score at will. So you know that's that that made sense for the 76ers. Another team to look at is the Los Angeles Lakers. Lonzo Ball is not guaranteed to go to the Lakers. Apparently, apparently one of the things that they said is they were extremely unimpressed with him during his workout. Uh, they say he looked out of shape. Some feel, some of them felt like Josh Jackson is a better prospect. Some of them feel like he's not even that much better than Aaron Fox. And you might want De'Aaron Fox because it doesn't come with the bag of having his father, you know, run his mouth all the time. And you guys know I'm a big fan of LeVar Ball because I find him hilarious and I think he's a great father. And I I, I see him as he's, he's he's just a hype man. But no, no one likes a, high, a hype man in real life. And um, the Lakers feel like maybe that'll be a too much pressure on the kid or maybe you know he'll he'll ruffle some feathers in the organization and stuff like that and say some things that shouldn't be said out in public you know stuff like that you do have to worry about but that's also why you would keep uh, a player's father out of uh personnel moves and all that stuff um uh, i know there's a lot of knicks fans listen to, who listen to this podcast the knicks right now uh picking number seven uh num- sorry number eight overall 
And if they end up do getting rid of Porzingis, if Laurie Markin is the guy who they're definitely going to draft, because Larry Markner is kind of like Porzingis, but I think Porzingis is more skilled, but Larry Markner is a better shooter than him. And that's pretty much all he does better than Porzingis. Porzingis is a better rebounder, even though he's not that great of a rebounder. He's a better shot blocker. Markner isn't good at defense at all. So if if a trade does happen and they get rid of Porzingis, you know, Larry Markner is the guy who the Knicks could, could look for. Um, me, me personally, the Miami Heat, I would love for, you know, guys like John Collins or Harry Giles to fall to us. We need, you know, we need the four. Harry Giles is a guy who, coming out of high school, this kid was compared to Kevin Kevin Garnett and Chris Webber. Me, personally, I saw him as a Kevin Garnett because he was just, he had that skill and that that swag and that feel for the game that I saw that Kevin Garnett had, a young Kevin Garnett had. And Chris Webber was, was more more of an athletic guy who, who was skilled as well, but not as skilled as, as a young KG. So Harry Giles, you know, a guy who, three, three knee injuries, uh, he started the season injured for Duke. He came in. He didn't really do much. But what could you expect from a guy who played less than 10 minutes a game and um, a, a team that they went through Jason Tatum and, and Luke Kennard for their scoring? You you can't expect much from him. So, yeah, so that's that's just the guy, Harry Giles. Look out for that guy. If he if he could stay healthy, he, he he's going to be special. And. Another thing that I, I, I just want to say is that in this draft, after I'd say the number four or five pick, from from number five to number fifteen, really even number sixteen, I honestly don't see that much of a drop in talent. Maybe upside, but not talent in terms of where they are right now. Like a guy like Jonathan Isaac, uh, they say his his potential is through the roof. His, his upside is through the roof. You don't know how good this kid is gonna be. But is he that much better than what Justin Jackson is right now? Another question. So, you know, that's why that's what makes the draft so good and so so exciting. It's just really, really unpredictable. You don't know what's gonna go down. Uh you don't know what trades are gonna be made. And I have a feeling that there's gonna be a lot, a lot of trades in, in this in this draft. You know, teams trying to move back. You we might see D'Angelo Russell get traded. Uh he he could end up Knicks fans would love this. If the Knicks trade they pick, he might end up being traded to the Knicks for that number eight pick. He might end up getting traded to uh, the, the, the Wolves. You know, they did draft Chris, Chris Dunn last year, but you don't know if, how good Chris Dunn is. Uh, he could get drafted to the Kings, even. For that number five pick. So, you never know, man. It's, that, that's, that's what makes the draft so exciting, just so fun. Is the unpredictability, and that's why you know this draft is gonna end up being better than this NBA season. It's gonna end up being better than this NBA playoffs. It's gonna end up being better than the NBA finals, and that's that's just crazy. That a draft is gonna be better than the finals, and free agency hasn't even started yet. So the fun has just begun. And I've NBA off season is, is the best off season, the most excited off season in all of major sports, and it's not even close because big moves do uh, do happen in NBA a lot. And, you know, this free agent class and all that, guys that are on top of the class is guys like Gordon Hayward and Blake Griffin. You know, Gordon Hayward, he is a star, but, you know, you wouldn't put him at, at he's not top five or top ten. He's not a top tier. Blake Griffin is a guy who you it, you fear for his health because he keeps he just keeps getting hurt. And he's getting older. So injury prone big men 
as they age, get even more injury prone. So that's something to, to be uh, to be wary of. You have Chris Paul, uh, who I think most likely is going to end up signing with the Spurs. It's, it, that's the team, besides the Clippers, the only team that makes sense that I see Chris Paul going is the Spurs, and that's it. But yeah, but this this, this is... This 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 is an exciting time for basketball since the offseason. Golden State is most likely going to be contenders for the next three to four years. So you want to build young talent, a bunch of young players. You know, I've said this before on the show. We love seeing dynasties rise, but what's even better than the rise of a dynasty is the fall of a dynasty and seeing a new regime, a new dynasty takes over. And you know, we might have that in the 76ers. We might have that in the Celtics. We might have that in the uh, the Timberwolves. We might have that in the Lakers. You just never know. That that's that's what makes that's what makes sports fun. The unpredictability and you just don't know who's gonna be better. Now, it's pretty much I think the the, the worries three to four years next three to four years will probably will probably be champions unless something major happened or unless they a big blow happens to the team. Uh maybe like Clay Thompson leaving in like two years because he's not getting enough shots, which I could see happening. But those are just uh things to think about for the NBA. So enough basketball talk. MLB. Baseball. Alright guys, please please don't tune me out. You know, we we only got about ten minutes left, so you know, we're we're just gonna go quick on the baseball. Go nice and easy, go nice and smooth. Uh base baseball is fun if you give it a chance. You know, it's it's like that um it's like that girl. She's not that good looking, but she has a very, very nice personality. Just give her a chance. That's it. Just give give baseball a chance. Please give baseball a chance. So the New York Yankees, um, you guys know I'm a Yankee fan. And we we just lost six straight games to, to the Angels and uh, the Oakland A's, which is embarrassing. And that's coming after winning six straight games and looking like, you know, we could give Houston a run for their money. And maybe that the Red Sox really aren't the best team in the division. Maybe it is the Yankees. You know, you come off losing six straight. Um, a lot of those games were close. I think it was by a run differential of like 1.4 or something like that. And a lot of those games... You did lose when your bullpen came in. The Yankees do have a strong bullpen. But once Chapman, when, Chapman leaves and got hurt, it just screws up your whole rotation. Because you have a guy like Tyler Clippard who's pitching in the eighth inning. On the seventh inning, if, if you're putting guys out there like uh, Giagos uh, or um, uh, Ben Ben Heller or Jonathan Holder, guys like that, you know, in close games... Those guys aren't really ready for that yet. You know, these are young guys. Uh, Diagos, I, I don't know if, if I'm saying his name right. Just he got called for Triple A for that assignment. Ben Heller, a guy who he got from the Andrew Miller trade, um, he ended up not making the team this spring. He got called up in Scrant uh, from Scranton to help us out a little bit. Not much of a help. Jonathan Holder, a guy who last year we just called him up from from Double A Trenton. Uh, he lost lost a couple of games for us. So it's you, you can't really blame the kids because they are. They are still kids. It's just, you know, our, our bullpen is hurting. We did get Chapman back on Sunday. So hopefully um, it goes back to if we have the league past the seventh inning, we're pretty much a lock to win that game. Hopefully it goes back to that. Now the news for the Yankees, Glaber Torres, a number one prospect. Torres UCL needs Tommy John, and he's out for the rest of the season. The good news about that is that it's like a two, two-and-a-half, three-month uh, recovery process before we get back on the field. So he'll definitely be healthy for spring training next year. And, you know, we have to wait till next year to see him in pinstripes. That sucks, but a, a talent like that is, is, is worth the wait. I, did, I was really, really hoping to see him in the Bronx this season. But, heck, uh, we'll, we'll pretty much have 
hopefully we could have uh, three straight years of rookie sensations. We had Gary in 16. We have Judge in 17. Hopefully we could have Glaber in, uh, in 18. And another guy, and now that Glaber is, is hurt, Clint Frazier got to step up. And um, he, he's been playing well in Scranton so far, but he's got to step up because now he he he's our uh, our number one prospect who, who who's healthy, and he's a guy who you kind of expected by by now there will be talks of him getting promoted to the majors. There haven't been talks at all about him, mainly because everyone's focused on Glaber. But you know, ho- hopefully Clint, you know, could could put a nice stretch together in Scranton. I think he's hitting like two sixty right now in Scranton. Not terrible, but not not good. You kind of hope. You know, wish he was he was like in the two nineties or a little bit closer to three hundred. Uh, his his power numbers is pretty solid though, and his RBI numbers is pretty solid. But you know, you you hope that Clint could step up after Glaber gets hurt. You know, that's that that's when the the, the great ones show. And he, yes, he is a prospect, so you know he's great in terms of minor league prospects. You know, not as an MLB player, obviously he hasn't proven anything. So, uh, Tyler Wade is another guy who's most likely Tyler Wade is next online to get called up most likely because he's, uh, he's our infielder. He plays shortstop and third base. So he's hitting over 300. He might, since labor's hurt, he might be the guy to get the call up maybe late July, maybe in August, maybe even September when the, when the roster expands, that's something to look out for. Say so Yankees fans, Glaber is hurt, but you know, the, the, the beauty of having such a deep farm farm system is that there's we do have guys who could play, and now that Glaber's hurt, guys got to step up. So you know maybe a guy might step up and end up being a really really good player, really really solid player. But you know me, I think this this does add more pressure to Clint because sooner because pretty soon we're gonna see like the focus is gonna shift to Clint Frazier to perform and and step up and 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 be that guy who I if we call this guy up, we're gonna be excited to watch him play because this guy could be a future perennial All Star. Not the New York Mets. I don't have my guy DJ John Doe talk about the Mets with me, but I actually did see the Mets versus Dodgers game last night. Maybe because I knew I'd be doing this podcast for myself today, so I knew that I would have to have a little bit of Mets talk. And whoo, whoo, whoo. man, did Zach Wheeler get you get? Oof. Like they hit him hard. Cody Bellinger, man, I had no clue. This this is my first um, Dodgers game that I've watched this. I had no clue this kid was this good. It's 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 crazy. And he's like what? Only like 21 years old, I think something like that. This kid has 21 home runs in his first 50 games. He's he's tied for the fastest player in MLB history to ever do that. And that's that's not easy easy to do. I know his father used to play in the majors. I forgot what his father's name was. But um his father was a pretty solid player. But the Dodgers, man, the Dodgers got got some good young talent. You got Corey Seager last year, and now you got Cody Bellinger, and you got Clayton Kershaw as your ace, man. This, man, it. I don't know how how they haven't been to NLCS already. Um, and I'm talking about the the past, you know, George Torrey teams, all that, all those guys, because they they seem to do a good job of staying relevant and staying good. You know, now and now they're young, so maybe the Dodgers might be the team to be in the NL in the in the NL. It might not be the the Cubs. And I'm over here talking good about the Dodgers when they're they're the Colorado Rockies is just playing phenomenal. And you know, a couple of shows ago, I pointed out that they're the biggest surprise of the season, mainly because they have three rookies in their starting rotation and they're all winning games. And Charlie Blackman is arguably one of the best hitters in baseball this season. And you have Carlos Gonzalez who hasn't done anything. And they just got back Trevor Story a couple weeks ago. So 
the um the NL, I know what's really is is pretty exciting to watch, but back to the Mets. I don't know what more could be said. Their guys just keep getting hurt. I believe they're cursed. Uh we're almost in July and you guys are still under under um five hundred. What are they? Is it nine under? Yeah, I don't know. But it's just that you you're just waiting for because you know you know the talent is there for the Mets, but you're just waiting and waiting and waiting for them to start when to put on that run because back in 2015 they put on that run before the playoffs. Last year they put on a run before the playoffs. You're just you're just waiting for that run, and also we all know the Nationals are vulnerable because they have a a very very bad bullpen. So you know you don't know how well how much longer the, the Nationals could keep this up. You know pretty pretty soon the, the Nationals could fold like they did in the, a couple years ago. And the the you know they still have Mar Rosario, Dominic Smith in, in the minors. You're not sure when they're gonna call him up. Cabrera is hurt. Neil Walker is hurt. You obviously need an infielder. You need a first baseman. Wilmer Flores. I saw he was playing first base last night. I didn't even know he could play first base. They have some guy I've even heard of playing third base. So uh, the Mets. Some things have to change. You, you you have to call up young players. I understand that if you feel there's no room for your young player, you don't want to call him up and end up having him play um backup pretty much because it's never never good to to, to put uh, a young talent and a top prospect and make him come off the bench that's never never good for for a guy's confidence and also you, you baseball you have to have rhythm you have to be you have to hit the ball every single day you have to get at least three or four at bats a day you can't get four at bats a week and expect to be a consistent hitter you need that consistency to be playing to be an everyday player because I can see what's going on with them. Zach Whaling looks so good. Um, this is actually, I, I'm not going to lie, this, this is only my second time ever seeing him pitch, ever. So I, I honestly don't know how good of a pitcher he is, but based on last night, he didn't look that good. But, you know, it's it's just a one-game sample. Uh, Mets fans, you guys hope you guys turn it around. You know, you, you could play the injury card for only so long. And, you know, they did hit four home runs and score six runs yesterday, but it just wasn't good enough. And against the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw, I mean, that's honestly a guaranteed loss. Once you allow four runs in the first inning and you're facing Clayton Kershaw, you lost the game. They, you pack up the bus and you go back to the hotel and wait for the next game. Because Clayton Kershaw, is just he's, he's like that. He's the best pitcher in baseball. And and I don't think there's a close second, to be honest with you. Clayton Kershaw is the best pitcher in baseball. So, uh, so yeah, man, that's... Pretty much what we have for today's show. Obviously, a shorter episode because you know I'm by myself. I uh, can't lie; I, I kind of miss DJ John Doe. I don't have someone to laugh at. I can't laugh at someone calling uh, Chris uh, Chris Paul Chris Bosh. Uh, you know, we get no loser game shows now because we don't have any any uh, terrible jokes. But you know, hopefully, you know he'll he'll be back soon, and uh, you know, hopefully, he wins his case with his baby mamas. And yeah, man. So thank you guys for listening to episode 13 of the Bowling Point Podcast. And make sure you guys tune into the draft. You know, next week, you know, we're just going to have some draft recapping. Who knows what kind of crazy trade those go on. So yeah, man. Thank you guys for listening. For listening. We appreciate the support. Have a good one, guys. Peace.